This is Bobby. And this is Jennifer. And we're from Cleveland, Ohio. And you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Of course, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Should you see fit to join in via the phone tonight, 216-220-0966. You can also email me if you'd wish, and this is how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. And it's a pretty raucous two-hour show for you lined up. I use raucous in the most genuine of terms. First hour, it is the second Tuesday of the month. And the second Tuesday of the brand new year of 2019, as we all know, 2019 rapidly coming to a close. But we have the normal Tuesday, second Tuesday of the month guest. He is the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website, not only in the country, but I guess the world. He is also an accomplished book writer, headlong perhaps into the second book. We may or may not get an update with him on that. He jaunts around from time to time giving lectures and classes and all that stuff. But most importantly, one of my most favorite human beings to talk any kind of live fire with or just have a difference of opinion on, I am, of course, uh, course talking about Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. So Meathead will be on in his traditional 14 past and 35 past the hour Topic this week, or this month with Meathead, we're really close to the end of professional football season. We are officially at the end, as of yesterday, at the college football season. And what goes hand in hand when you're talking especially about football, whether it be collegiate or professional, that, of course, is tailgating. So we'll probably talk a little bit of a tailgating, but... And we touched on it last year, I believe, or maybe it was the year before, and I wanted to retouch on it. Something that is kind of sweeping the nation, a slow sweep, if you will. That is a term called couch gating. 
And you may wonder what couch gating is. We'll have Meathead's definition, but if I hear the term couch gating, I hear gating, that means tailgating, that means eating, potentially drinking if you're still into that kind of a thing. But couch signifies a whole different scenario. To me, that means a little relaxation, a little sit-down time instead of a little get-down time. Although, if you have a couch, it could signify a little get-down time as well, if you know what I mean. Or maybe it means having the same kind of fun that you would have in a professional sports or collegiate sports parking lot in the friendly confines of your own residence. Couch gating. That's what that means to me. Having as much fun doing what you would do in a municipal parking lot in a city of your choosing, following a sports team of your choosing, except deciding to take that fun into the backyard. Using your cookers, using your grills, probably saving a lot of money, probably not running near the risk of getting arrested and taking to jail. And not having to worry about what the hell are you going to do with all these live fire coals, especially if you took a charcoal grill to the parking lot. When you take that to the municipal lots, there's a lot of responsibility that falls on your shoulder you got to take care of. You do it in the backyard, you know how to extinguish those coals. You know how to properly dispose of those coals. Maybe you just have gas and pellet stuff, even easier. And you can use it all, and you know you can do it well. You don't have to scale down. You can go to scale what you're comfortable with. That's my most favorite way to cook, cooking on stuff that I'm most comfortable with. Certainly, I like the challenge every now and again of getting outside the box on something that I don't have a fair amount of experience cooking on. But by and large, I like to cook on stuff that I like to cook on, that I'm comfortable with, that I know the product is going to turn out good, enjoyable to the other couch gators that are proliferating the property. So Meathead will be joining us to talk about couch gating, tailgating, and who knows what else. If you have any questions, mix them in. We do follow the YouTube chat roll because that's way easier to follow than Facebook. Although I'm sure if you're tuning into the live feed, a lot of people like to use Facebook and post anyway. It's just very hard for me to follow, so I don't. But YouTube is a lot nicer, so... Come on over, go to the main website, the bbqcentralshow.com, and then click on the YouTube button instead of the Facebook button, and you can take in part of the chat roll that goes on there. I always call it the show within the show. Then we move to the second hour, and the second hour, we'll find an open segment at 14 past. For anybody that has any thoughts, concerns, critiques, suggestions, constructive advice, for Kansas City Barbecue Society, the end of last week, there was some minutes released on their website as far as a uh, PR contract given out to uh, what happens to be one of the executive members of KCBS. There was also talk of a chief operating officer's position to be filled. Have some thoughts on that as well. But if you have some concerns or thoughts or just general opinion about where the state of your sanctioning body is, use that time constructively. If you're running for the board, I believe voting is open right now. If you are running for the board, call in. We'll get a quick chat in on what your platform is. Shame on you that you didn't contact me earlier so we could do a full segment. But I'm going to try and mix it all in, make it as open and constructive and positive as possible your number, 216-220-0966. That's 1014 Eastern. 
depending on where you're at in the country, make your time zone adjustments as necessary. And then helping me close the show this evening, you know, it's probably one of the most hotly awaited reveals, much like from a competition standpoint, the king of the smoker is always the hot reveal. Did I do enough to get the invite from Sterling Ball? Does my team rate? Am I a good team to be around? Do other teams want to be around me? Lots of things that go into consideration for King of the Smoker that only Sterling can answer. But a lot of stuff that he has disseminated through the years of doing that competition and visiting here on this show and releasing those names here, which I've always appreciated. From a organizer's standpoint for the last couple years, there's been something called the Smithfield Grant. Those applications were taken towards the close of last year, and tonight we will be announcing the 2019 Smithfield Grant recipients. Belinda Hammond from the Smithfield Barbecue team will be joining me, and we will be revealing all of those. We'll also be talking about where the Committed Cooks program stands at this point. Of course, we have to touch on the National Barbecue Championship that Smithfield's put together. This is the debut year for that. That will be ultimately taking place in November. So very much looking forward to getting some updates on there. Again, we'll probably hit from top to bottom uh, how you qualify, when it is, all the good stuff, prize purses, bragging rights, all that comes along with winning a big first-year contest. And that's the Smithfield uh, National Barbecue Championship. So looking forward to catching up with Belinda Hammond of the Smithfield Barbecue team there, 35 past the second hour. Once again, just to recap, at 14 past the second hour, if you want to jump in, really looking for your phone calls at that point. Again, that number, 216-220-0966. So be sure to share that around all your social media haunts or email or whatever you like and however you listen to the show. So there you go. We are off and running. 216-220-0966, the phone number. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com is your email address. Don't forget, follow me socially, doing lots of great stuff right now at BBQ Central Show, both on Instagram and the Twitter, and slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Lots of great reaction from the best of twenty eighteen last week's show. Number of emails with other guests and segments that I should have considered. So in twenty nineteen, I'll certainly try to keep a better ongoing archive list of what the best portions are. Try and hit those for 2019. End of the year. Everybody loves the recap of the year. All right, Meathead coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about the Southside Market in Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products slow-smoked over real wood. Shipping, distributing, and manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. from food trucks to multi-chain restaurants. Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too. All meats processed in the on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options available, shipping nationwide via FedEx or through food service distribution outlets such as Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipes 
or help you develop something new, private label opportunities as well. Visit southsidemarket.com for more information as you're visiting and you start to dump in stuff into your cart and you want to save 10% off the entire order. Use coupon code BBQ Central, one word, lowercase BBQ Central, and you can save 10% off the entire order. So now stock up on the sausage slammers. You know you want to try some of those ribs, maybe some of their prime briskets. Did I mention the beef sausage? Hot guts. You never tried hot guts? Pick them up, save 10%. Again, that's code BBQ Central. That's BBQ Central, lowercase. All one word, southsidemarket.com. Meathead from Amazing Ribs coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all of Butcher Barbecue products, tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyard worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always, always trust your butcher. All right, the second Tuesday of the month brings a visit from the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth. That, of course, Meathead. Hey, Greg. How's Meathead? Centralites. What's going on, Meathead? Hey, well, God, you know, this is just weird, Dan. Your show within a show, the scroll of viewers, want to know why there's no video tonight. Are you talking about the Facebook scroll or the YouTube scroll? Yeah, the the Facebook scroll. Yeah, well, I'll address that in the top of the second hour. But there is nothing but meathead on the television now, and that's all that matters for these folks. Meathead about. They get to see me, but not you. That's right. Oh, so I, oh, okay. You, well. you can see yourself right now, I think, can't you? In your little uh, little corner <laughs> shot there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, it's just weird. I, I uh, okay, well, this is cool. I, I don't mind. It's, How are you, Greg? It's, How's it's, the rock star in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame well, town? Thank God you didn't say Cleveland Cavalier because we suck again. Basketball sucks again. How 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 is the Chicago Bear of uh, live fire cooking? Oh talking? dear, oh. <laughs> we're in mourning. Yeah, no doubt. But hey, how, good how seasons, does, good how seasons does one nonetheless. Player clank six mm. balls in one season. Well, you I can hit the upgrade if you try. I can tell you how this happens. Do you know where Cody Parkey came from? <laughs> Don't tell me he came from. Cleveland. He came from Cleveland. <laughs> Why do you think we shipped him out? He couldn't make a field goal. 
Oh, yes. out loud. And trust me, we've had our and, own issues with field goals kickers over the last couple of years. So, And that seems to, look, kids, especially boys, I guess girls too, if you're looking to get on a National Football League team, practice really hard starting today, kicking field goals, especially under insane amounts of pressure. You will not get your block knocked off like the rest of these guys. You'll probably make a good couple million dollars a year. And if you're really good, you can stick around 15. I mean, Phil Dawson, since 99, when the Browns came back, the leading scorer in Cleveland Browns history is the place kicker, Phil Dawson. He stayed around like 15 years. So if you're really good, actually, you only need to be kind of really good. You can have mm-hmm. a long-term NFL career as a place kicker. Sure, you get made fun of that you're not a real football player, but you're laughing all the way to the bank. Uh, like Bears let Robbie Gold go. He's out in San Francisco now, and he's hit 83 yeah. out of 85 field goals since yeah. they let kicker. him go. He was a good kicker. That's probably yeah. a money thing, nevertheless. Oh, well, they were fun to watch this year. We've been starving for a good football team. Not that. as much as you guys, Yeah, uh, but we haven't been in the playoffs in a long time. It was fun to get there, and uh, they're a fun team to watch. There's a lot of young talent. They'll be fun to watch again next year. I agree. I hope. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm a football fan. I played uh, high school and a little bit of college, and uh, uh, it's, you know, I'm a football fan, so... I'm uh, I'm watching football now. I'm watching uh, not now, but I mean last night's game. Uh, uh, hallelujah! Anybody that can beat Alabama, I'm a fan of. Uh, I'm a Florida Gator, so uh, uh, you know, just generally hate um, the, the 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 Tide. Um, so it's uh, it was kind of fun to watch uh, Clemson whoop up on them. I'd like to see a closer game. That Bears game with the Eagles was a good, exciting, close game. But, um, you know, the, the NFL playoffs are always entertaining, and uh, uh, all you can hope for is a close, entertaining game and good food and good drink. And that kind of leads us into the topic of this evening, Meathead, which uh, obviously we have a couple pro football games left. Uh, we have uh, the divisional series and championships, and we move mm-hmm. into the Super Bowl. And then, of course, uh, with yesterday bringing close to the collegiate portion of the docket uh, tailgating goes hand in hand with football especially i mean typically anything that has a parking lot i guess you could convert into some type of a tailgate but tailgating is most notably familiar with a lot of the football stuff and uh, isn't uh, your alma mater the, the biggest cocktail party in the world or something like yeah, that that's right i'm a gator and uh when the florida plays georgia and jacksonville they call it the world's largest cocktail party. The 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 academics have tried to stifle that title, but uh, no, it's not it's not happening. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. Football. I mean, I do like I, I love football. I love going to games. I love going to the Bears games. Uh, my wife is a Northern Illinois University grad. They're not too far from where we live outside of Chicago. We go there once or twice a year. Uh, been up to Northwestern games. Been down to a Notre Dame game once or twice. Uh, it's just fun uh, cooking up a storm, uh, getting there early, throwing the football around, uh, talking football. Um, but, you know, e- e- there aren't many teams left, so there's not many of your listeners actually going to be tailgating. Um, I like to talk about couch gating at this time of year. Besides, it's cold out there. Sure. Um, and, you know, you have friends over, especially for the football, for the Super Bowl. You have friends over. You're going to feed them something. You're going to pour something to drink. 
Uh, you know what else has been catching on I've, I've been reading about is yard gating. Um, uh, people who bring their big screen TV out back or put a projector up against the side of the house or against a sheet and watch the game out back. Um, hmm. uh, so, you know, people like to people like to celebrate and party around football. Uh, Meathead, let's talk about, I guess, couch gating specifically from a, a menu standpoint. Is this something that you can just do the same stuff that you would at a municipal parking lot? Are there things that you can be, because you are at home by your couch, couch gating, you can be a little bit more elaborate with the menu than you could when you're on yeah. the road? I mean, if you're going to the game, even if you get there two or three hours in advance, you're not likely to be cooking up a pork butt or a brisket or even ribs for that matter. They right. just take too long. Um, now, you can cook that stuff in advance and put it in a hot box, a Cambro, and bring it down there. But you can do that at home. You can start the brisket the, you know, the night before you go to bed and have it ready for a noon game. Um, but the, the, th the thing is, you know, at a tailgating party, you usually bring tables and chairs and uh, plates. And they, I mean, a lot of stand up walk around. I mean, everybody has their own style. There's a lot of people who have these huge Winnebago's and yeah. uh, converted ambulances and such. But if you're going to be couch gaining, you don't want to serve food that requires a knife and fork. Nobody wants to sit there watching the game with a knife and fork and a plate balanced on their knee. Um, so you you really are looking for finger food. So right off the bat, you know, a steak, I just think is out of the question. Ribs are fine. I mean, you got to cut them up. Um, uh, brisket, maybe on a sandwich or something. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, the classic is wings. Um, and, you know, your your standard buffalo wings are deep fried. And frying is always tricky at home. Um, now, we talked, didn't we talk a few weeks ago? a few months ago, about frying on the grill. Did we do that with you? Yes. You were very uh, like pro frying on the grill. It takes the stink out, takes the splatter out, all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. And and it's, it's not dangerous. People say, oh, my God, that's dangerous. You know, if you spill the oil into the flames, the worst that happens is you burn up the grill. If you spill the oil onto your stove, yep. you burn up your house. Um, and you're not going to spill it. And I tell people, when you're frying, use a Dutch oven because you're only putting an inch in there. You rarely want to deep submerge like chicken, for example. If you're doing fried chicken, you don't want to cover it with oil. You want the chicken lying against the bottom, against the hot metal, because metal conducts heat better than oil does. Hmm. So you, you and also you want the, the the surface of the chicken, the top part, exposed to air, so steam will come off um, into the atmosphere, and then you turn it. So deep frying is really good to do, especially on a gas grill. And if it doesn't like a chicken, if you don't get it thoroughly cooked mm. in the oil, you can take it out and put it on the indirect side of the grill, close the lid while the next batch of chicken is cooking, and it will cook with carryover heat. So. That's that's a great technique for doing fried foods uh, on your gas grill, better than on a charcoal grill, I think. Um, uh, but if you don't want to deep fry, uh, grilled chicken wings are really good. And, and people play mm -hmm. with smoking them first, then grilling them, 
smoking them, then grilling them, then frying them. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you know, a couple of, you know, <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little outside the mainstream, but I went to a, uh, a popular chicken wing restaurant, uh, uh, a couple of months ago and it was kind of cool. They deep fried the chicken wings and then they offered you a variety of sauces. Well, gosh, you could do that at home easily. Sure. You know, you could do an Asian sweet hot sauce. You could do a Kansas City barbecue sauce. You can do a um, South Carolina mustard sauce. I mean, that, that sounds like a fun thing to do. And you can, and if you cook your wings reverse sear, always, chicken always must be reverse seared. Because hmm. if you cook it over direct heat, high direct heat, you're going to burn the skin. So you start it on indirect side, you warm it until it's almost done cooking, then you put it over direct heat, lift the lid, stand there and watch it like a hawk so it doesn't burn, but now you can really sizzle that skin till it's golden and crispy. And that's just a great way to do chicken wings. You know, I have long thought that I, I grew up on chicken wings, the traditional Buffalo Anchor Bar Wingway, deep fried mm -hmm. wings, and then that buffalo sauce. That we actually have the original Anchor Bar sauce recipe. I think we've talked about that too on the show from time to time. Yeah, I've tried to re recreate it on the website, so I have a, my version of it. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a deep fryer really ever. So when I started getting into live fire, it, when I was doing wings, it was always either grilling wings uh, indirect, or when I started getting a smoker that could get into proper temperature i was smoke roasting i think is a term that stephen reichlin coined at some point and uh, no, I, thought, I coined it you coined it okay <laughs> one of you two uh, elites uh coined that so i thought that that was by far the best way and i had had my seasoning down and the process down temperatures and the skin was good and i would still put this uh, anchor bar sauce on it that i would make homemade at home and it was great and then uh my wife got me a deep fryer for Christmas and I went out and I bought chicken wings and I was getting the whole wing. So I would actually butcher them down into the, you know, the flat and the drum. And then mm -hmm. I'm telling you now I'm in a quandary meathead because geez, a properly deep fried wing with mm -hmm. that anchor bar sauce. I don't know if it's romance and past experience that is telling me that maybe that might be the better way or, what probably is going to have to happen this coming weekend during the football games is I'm going to have to have a station of smoke-roasted wings and a station of deep-fried wings, both wow, in the same sauce, idea. and then have a taste-off. But, geez, I'll tell you, that first round of fried wings was absolutely heavenly. You know, I did I did a tailgate party out at NIU, Northern Illinois University, um, and it was thrown together last minute, so I didn't have a chance to do a lot of advanced prep. And I did hot dogs but I brought all the different kinds of toppings you need so that you can make a New York style hot dog. You can make a Chicago style hot dog. You can make a, 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 a Detroit Coney. You can make a uh, Cincinnati um, uh, Skyline hot dog with uh, uh, the, 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 the chili. Uh, chili sauce on top, yep. an L.A. Dodger dog. And I, you know, brought them all, and people just had a ball making regional style foods. Uh, I give them choices, let them do mix and match. I think that's great thinking, Greg. Do you know that we had a hot dog controversy in 2018 on the show? Did you know that? 
Gosh, I missed that. My Texas, I do, I do listen to the podcast. My Texas embedded correspondent, Doug Shiding, who by the way is the Doug. is the longest running embedded correspondent and fan of the show. He uh, imagine the biggest hot dog snob you have ever met, and Doug per, uh, supersedes him by a million percent. And here's why: Doug will not even put one single hot dog on any of his cooking vessels. He won't eat them. He won't even put them on his grill. If you had kids showing up to Doug's party because, you know, Uncle Johnny was bringing the kids over and the kids said, hey, Uncle Dougie, can you put a hot dog on the grill? He would say, uh, absolutely not. Really? Yes. I used to, I used to like Doug. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I know. It's dog. suspect. It's very suspect. I really love hot dogs. When I'm traveling, I look forward to grabbing a hot dog in the airport. I mean, I'm not going to go to fancy <laughs> sit-down restaurants. I just love hot dogs. I prefer them grilled. Um, and they, there are a couple of tricks I like. One of them is um, I like to take the hot dog and I'll t- I'll hold it and in the tip, the end, I'll put a, a, a I'll score it with a sharp knife so that the ends flare open. Yeah. And when you grill them, those ends get really crunchy and crispy. Um, a lot of people split them in half so that you have the skin on the outside and the bare meat on the inside, and you grill them that way. You can have fun with hot dogs. I've got a huge section on hot dogs where I give the recipes for New York, Chicago, uh, Cincinnati, so you can do that sort of thing. I think that's just an awful lot of fun, and I like the idea you're talking about of doing uh, a, kind of like a chicken wing taste-off. That sounds like great fun. Have you ever deep-fried a hot dog? Is that is that crazy? It's called a franchisee. Uh, well, the franchisee technically is wrapped in bacon first, then oh. deep fried. Oh. And um, I believe it originated here in Chicago. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's done all over. Um, but yes, um, there's a, a couple of places in Jersey where they deep fry them and they serve them on a, uh, a, a, a real bready bun. Not a bready. It's a... Um, more like a a, a, a pizza shell, uh, but they, they they call them rippers because they they fry them until they rip open at the seams. You know, um, that that's kind of fun. You know, you like the you like the bite of the skin. Um, of course, all kinds of sausages. You're sponsored by Southside Market, aren't yeah, you? That's uh, right. They do an ad. They make great Texas hot guts. Those things are great on the grill, but I've had them fried, um, and really? that's fun stuff. It doesn't see. I've always been under the impression that, especially if you're talking about a broad or some kind of sausage that is in that general realm, that it, you have to take it very slow, very low, and then maybe at the end you hit it with a little bit of heat to crisp up. But you don't want to go too hot too fast because it's going to bust open and all the they goodness do. is going to spill do. out. But if they're pre-cooked, if they're if they're raw like a uh, a bratwurst, um, you, you you if you fry it, they'll just they'll bust open. But if they're pre-cooked, mm. and I, you know I have never bought the Southside Market sausages um, via mail order from yep. them, but I believe those are all smoked and they're pre-cooked. So all you basically got to do is pull them out of the fridge and heat them. And if you drop them in a hot oil, they'll crisp and they'll cook. And they they could pop open. Um, For true deep frying, uh, 375 is your magic number. 
Um, and now, I mean, if you're doing donuts, you want to bring the temperature down. But chicken, technically, you want to get it in there around 375. Get up over 400 and you start smoking. Almost all the oils will start smoking. Mm. Get much higher than that, and they can actually catch on fire. But 375 is your is your target number because the minute you throw cold meat into a fryer, the temperature takes a nosedive. But uh, I like to do them in a Dutch oven on the gas grill, two zones, hot right under the um, uh, the Dutch oven, and then the indirect zone just sits there off. And as the meat comes out of the oil, it sits there in the indirect zone, close the lid, <laughs> and it continues to cook by. Um, carry over and it really helps crisp them up it's a great way to do chicken i've done french fries I've, you can do them all that way i've got recipes for a great batter um, on the website i've got recipes for a dredge which is a flour based uh, batter is liquid um you can have a lot of fun grilling on a gas grill i was frying on a gas grill and i did notice that because it had been a while since we had deep fried that at least from a wing standpoint, going into the deep fryer, you want to make sure that you have the paper towel out and that you're really trying to sop up any kind of water or residual wetness that's on those because once you start going into the oil, you get that yeah. bubbling effect and you can that's where it can start to get a little hairy. Yeah, that's what all the bubbling is. A lot of people don't get that. But the bubbling is the moisture coming out of the meat. Um, that's steam. And uh, so you want to get all this, the surface moisture off if you can. And here's a fun trick. When you come out of the oil, people like to put it on um, uh, paper towels to drain. And you can go through a lot of paper towels. I get two layers of paper towel. That's all on top of newspaper. Two layers of paper towels enough to keep the newsprint off, <laughs> off the meat. Hmm. Um, but if you put a stack of newspapers under there, the oil will drip right through the uh, paper towels into the newsprint. And so you don't waste as many paper towels. I get a sheet pan, fill it with newsprint, put the paper towel layers on top, one or two layers. That's all you need. You can drain them beautifully that way. Uh, we're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, stand by, and uh, we will come back to you as we talk a little bit more couch gating as the football season is starting to make a wrap here very quickly. So we just noted college is now over after Clemson drubbed Alabama last night. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Actually, Green Mountain Grills has a great tailgating cooker. It's the Davy Crockett in size. I have seen uh, at least two pork butts go in this thing. So if you're looking to take a cooker with you that's wood-fired, a pellet cooker, that you can actually probably feed, I mean, two pork butts, depending on how much meat you can actually put in your face and how many, how much meat your friends can put in their faces. I've seen two pork butts feed 35 to 50 people with decent-sized sandwiches. Depends, again, on how much you eat, but that's just to give you an idea of what kind of capacity that you have. You're not sacrificing a tremendous amount, considering it's very portable. Now, if you don't have access to a traditional power outlet... You can use the 12-volt adapter. That plugs right into your car, truck, van, or SUV. So it's pretty much going anywhere you want to go, especially if you want to take that pellet-fired goodness with you. Now, if you're looking for something a little bigger, you can step up the stuff that goes onto the patio or onto the deck. Daniel Boone is kind of that mid-size version if you're a family of three, four, maybe five, and you don't really cook a tremendous amount of food at one given point. That might be the size for you. Or if you want to just shoot the wad and go for the big one, Jim Bowie is that model. That one can house a number of pork butts, number of racks of ribs, couple full-size packers, 
And again, it's the convenience of pellet cooking that really turns the Green Mountain Grill on to folks. Now, with the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone, you can take out all of the guts, drop in this pizza oven insert, which you can buy separately for about 130 bucks or so, and now you have a high-heat pizza oven. You like those Neapolitan pies? We've talked about them with Meathead here on the show from time to time. You now have a cooker if you have one of these Green Mountain Grills. You can take out the normal cooking process, put in the pizza oven, and away you go. I mean, what's more fun than making pizza on the weekend? That could be a good couch-gating thing. The high-heat pizzas, absolutely. So go to GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Lining up Jason Baker for an interview as soon as he gives me the go-ahead on some new stuff that we'll be able to talk about. He'll be on the show just as soon as that drops. GreenMountainGrills.com, and we're back with more Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Uh, just to reference those pellet cookers, you can fuel them with cooking pellets at cookingpellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com as well. Don't forget that uh, Cooking Pellets has a free app that you can download, and they will alert you when special deals and great shipping rates are available at the various outlets. So once again, that's cookingpellets.com. And we rejoin Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, are you are you still the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website? Is that still a, a solid fact for me to say? I don't want to give misinformation. Oh, yeah, no, by, by a long shot. Okay. We, 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 we took a bit – for the first time, we, we started the website in 2004, 2005, and had a pretty steep, steady growth rate until – December 2017, and we leveled off in 17, and through 2018, um, traffic declined slightly because Google has changed its algorithms. It, you know, it's just really absolutely absurd. If you're out there, folks, Google BBQ ribs, barbecue ribs, <laughs> or BBQ ribs recipes. Um, of the top 10 hits, barbecue Kevin, right? One, two, or three. Of the top 10 hits, almost all of them are cooked indoors or in crockpots. And one of the few that's cooked outdoors is some guy named Kevin. Barbecue Kevin. And Kevin, Kevin is, is, as near as I can tell, is a poser. His last name is nowhere on the website. He says right out front, I'm happy to have you sponsor my posts and uh, you sponsor me. We don't do that. I mean, nobody writes anything on our website but us. You can't sponsor our content. Um, uh, our ribs recipe has five star ratings from hundreds of people. He's got like a dozen, or and he's rated ahead of us. I mean, I don't. I just don't know how Google uh, has. Google has gone wrong, but I don't want to get into that. We're still. We averaged over 2018 two million page views a month. Wow, that's huge. It puts us in the top 50 of all food websites. We used to be in the top 25 in 2017. Um, we lost a little traffic. We're still huge. Um, we're still thrilled, and we're still doing good. Do the uh, Did the other food websites also stumble a bit? I mean, did, 
Was it one of those things where everybody took a drubbing or for whatever reason you took the brunt of it? No, I mean, everybody's scrambling, whether it's food or um, automotive or whatever. Everybody is always scrambling to figure out what Google is going to deliver to their readers. Google says its mission is to give the reader what they're looking for. Here's a really good example. As you know, we've, we, we, we have worked to debunk um, the myth of beer can chicken. Yeah, Beer, beer can chicken is just a, a funny way of roasting chicken. It tastes wonderful because it's roast chicken, and roast chicken always tastes wonderful. But the beer can has nothing to do with it. And, in fact, the beer can is hampering it somewhat from being as good as it could be. You can do chicken better other ways. And we explain this with good science, with temperature gauges and everything, and why it should be at work. Used to be if you Googled beer can chicken, we were in the top five. Yeah. So people who were looking for beer can chicken recipes might stumble across somebody saying, do it another way. It's better. We are not even on the front page anymore. Mm. Uh, if you Google beer can chicken, the front page is all beer can chicken recipes because Google believes if you Google beer can chicken, you're looking for a recipe. You're not looking for the truth. Um, and so they've bumped us out of there. We don't have a recipe for beer can chicken. I just think Google has gone awry. But that that's not what we're here to talk about. Did you um, know? We're doing okay. I we're hustling to improve our SEO, which is called search engine optimization. We're fiddling with our the way the code is written and the way the pages appear. Um, we're we're forced we're forced to write clickbait now. I absolutely <laughs> resisted that with every ounce in my body, but our headlines now have to be clickbait. I mean, you know, you've seen it. Five great ways to make chicken better than beer can. That's what they want. Yeah. Did you know I did a sit-down interview with Michael Simon in November last year? Yeah, I know. You finally got to the great god Michael Simon. Did you know when pressed in a lightning round between spatchcock chicken and beer can chicken, without yeah, hesitation, know, he Go said, beer can? Uh -oh. And I even pressed him on it, and he said, for whatever reason, he just really likes beer can chicken. Well, you know, it's 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 roast chicken. That's all it is. It's roast chicken with a metal object in it. The beer never evaporates. We've talked about this, sure. and I'm hopeful your readers are on to me on this. Yes, of course. But beer boils at 212 degrees. Chicken is thoroughly cooked at 160 to 165. The beer never boils. It never steams, and it can't get into the meat. The meat is fully saturated. There's no room for any more moisture to get in there. Um, the, the beer can weighs the same when it goes out, comes out as it went in. In fact, often it weighs more because fat drips in yep. and beer can't evaporate. So I'm not, yeah, a lot of people, especially trained chefs are, are still, we're moving now into an era of food nerds and guys like Kenji Lopez alt and myself and others are starting to um, teach the science behind food, and trained chefs are slow to catch up. Are they just not open to seeing science? Like, this is the way they learned it, so it's got to be right no, no matter what? they're open, but you got to prove it to them. And they all went to culinary school, and this is the way they yeah. were taught by their by their idols. And uh, it's hard to, you know, I mean, I, you know, I went to college, and I have 
professors who very powerfully influenced me. Um, and it's hard to accept that they taught me wrong. I don't want to speak for the majority of centralites, but I'll speak for the majority of centralites when I say if press between beer can chicken and spatchcock chicken, it is spatchcock for us. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, Mo- mostly because we like saying spatchcock. brown on both sides. Yeah, and it's easy. It's good That's presentation, basic, you know? easy to butcher, all that good stuff. I mean, it's it's a win all the way around, I think. Brown is beautiful. Brown is, I mean, spatch, I mean, and, and Mr. Simon should know this. Um, uh, you, you brown both sides, you're going to get more flavor. I did, I did you say true or false, uh, searing seals in the juices, and he did say false. <laughs> he did say false. So I didn't That's have to fist fight him right in his own restaurant downtown Cleveland. Thank goodness. So, um, hey, you know, before, before we run out of time, I, yeah. I've got to listen to your second hour, but. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm not deeply connected to KCBS. I'm a lifetime member of KCBS. I'm I not. advertise on their website. All right. I know a lot of movers and shakers in KCBS. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I have a crush on Carolyn Wells, and I always have. That's your fault. Uh, um, but um, what's going on over there? Well, I'm not going to blow my wad here at 44 past the oh, okay, hour. Okay, 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 then I'll listen. Look, I mean, here's here's what you need, and, and, and a, a precursor for everybody that's tuning in, and I got to it a little bit in the open. If you're tuning in, and by no way have we made it out to be that we are about to unveil anything that will be uh, damning, where the KCBS will be closing tomorrow, that we're going to be throwing anybody under the bus. If you go back and just read... Even the minutes of the most recent uh, special call meeting. Well, I you, did. You linked to it, so I yeah. couldn't resist. I so, went and looked it up. So you you see that they're hiring uh, a COO, and then you see that um, that there was a, a PR firm that was hired uh, by KCBS. So you know where a lot of the the concern is, and and again, we'll get more into this in the second hour. Assuming people call it, people might not be calling in, and I'm going to have to tell everybody what a bad basketball player I was in high school just to fill time, which I have that ready to go, by the way, and it's a great take. The person that got the award is the president of KCBS. So even just if you don't take in anything else into account, just from an optics standpoint, if the president of KCBS also is taking in bids, and then he's his company, his PR company is the one that gets it. I mean, it looks kind of bad, right? I would assume that yeah. he should have stepped down. Well, again, uh, stuff that we'll talk about in the second hour. Uh, and there's, you know, just a, they're continuing. I mean, how long have I been doing the show, Meathead? And, and there is still the talk of judging. I have, a, I have an easy fix for judging, and nobody wants to hear it. Remove yeah, I some. I have some fixes too, yeah. and nobody remove, wanted to hear it. Remove, I, remove certified barbecue judging altogether. Do what Texas does. And the first argument that I get from everybody else, by the way, not a KCBS member, never have been, never will be, nor will I be a member of any other sanctioning body because I want to remain impartial and provide an impartial platform to anybody that wants to come on. But Good for you. why not just do what Texas does? Get a group of people in there. Say, taste this. Which one tastes the best to you? Instead, you are trying to tell people what their palate should be feeling. I get the concept. But from what I've been reading, 
There was a guy I was reading on Facebook the other day. He's taken the judging class eight or nine different times, and it's been taught differently eight or nine different times. Yeah. So I've done it four or five times, and mostly, most of what they teach in the judging class is how to spot illegal presentations. Is this a legal piece of greens or is it an illegal piece of greens? <laughs> Have they pulled the sauce? Um, it, it has nothing to do with uh, the quality of the meat. Um, look, at, taste is a matter of taste. Preference is a matter of preference. Um, it's very hard to say objectively what is good and bad. Right. What is good and bad is subjective. It, that's the definition of the term, objective and subjective. They tell you in the judging that you have to be objective. It's impossible to be objective. They tell you when they put six or eight pieces of meat in front of you, taste them, but don't compare one to another. Absolutely absurd. The purpose is to name a winner. Let's have a football game, but don't pay attention to the score. The team that looks the best is the winner. I mean, this is crazy. Taste them, compare them, and make sure the best piece of meat on your plate is the one that gets the highest score. Right. Absolutely compare them, by all means. And, of course, they ought to bring back the top-scoring uh, meat from every table and put them head-to-head mm. instead of just running the math. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be done to improve that system. Um, you know, one of the things that I fear has happened to KCBS <clears throat> is they're set in their ways. And it, I've seen this happen with volunteer organizations in the past. You have a board of directors who come from many different backgrounds, come from many different points of view, many different attitudes. They meet once a month. And it's very hard to get real well-thought-out solutions to problems um, and it's very hard to get intelligent answers. Those kinds of groups don't progress. I think National Barbecue Association suffers from the same problem. There, but um, KCBS is a volunteer is, board of directors. There's they so many. There's so many of them on KCBS. There's 12 people that you have to work through. I mean, they should cut that number in half, or maybe make five even. Well, what what is really needed is in these kinds of organizations, and it's common. I mean. Whether it's a physician's organization sure. or a musician's organization, right, right. is a strong, powerful executive director. The executive director is usually somebody who is hired to run the organization on a day to day business, keep it on the tracks, have a vision. They go out and hire a marketing organization. They had a pretty effective marketing organization, they were controversial, um, MMA. Um, uh, they split up with MMA because MMA started to do things that they considered competitive, but, um, uh, they, they just don't have real strong leadership. And if they don't get that thing back on the tracks, it could come off the tracks altogether. And, uh, it would be darn shame to see KCBS go down in flames. And the, and in the meantime, uh, with all the other, you know, there's uh, constantly the talk of cost and keeping up with the Joneses and all this other stuff when it uh, comes to competitive barbecue. Uh, the competitive steak landscape continues to gain momentum. Uh, 
Absolutely. continues to gain popularity, and a lot of folks are more jumping into that, or at least if I'm going to do a barbecue competition now, they want to make sure that there's a competitive steak format attached. Well, there's some real advantages. First of all, they have very strong leadership over the Steak Cooking Association. Second of all, the cost of doing a steak competition is much lower. You bring a Weber kettle or a PK grill or any kind of charcoal grill or whatever you want. Anything. Anything. You don't need a $10,000 um, stick burner on the back of a um, Winnebago uh, you don't have to get there a day in advance and set up a campsite. If you're going to a steak cook-off, you, you can leave in the morning, arrive in the morning, set up in an hour or less, start cooking in the competition, turn in your steaks, start drinking, go to the award ceremony, and get home at night. Um, it, it's cheap. It's fast. It's simple. Everybody loves steak. Um, I mean, and if you want, you can cook a bunch of steaks and share with the audience out there. You know, people go to barbecue competitions thinking they're going to get to taste great barbecue as a, as a spectator. Nope. There's nothing to eat at a barbecue competition. Um, there, there's nothing for the spectator at a barbecue competition. There's just so many things that the that, that KCBS needs to solve, and they're just unable to solve them. Because of the structure of the organization. I didn't know about this marketing. Um, I know that they, since MMA was fired, they've been without a marketing organization. But one would think if the president of KCBS was offering his company as a candidate for the marketing job, he would have stepped down um, uh, and, and recused himself. Um, and uh, gotten that out of the way. Uh, that's kind of shocking to hear that he didn't. And now that he's gotten the contract, that he remains as president is also shocking. Well, we'll see because I believe there was verbiage in there that uh, while the contract was secured, that if there was a recommendation or some kind of a vote for him to resign, that uh, that, that was still on the table. So uh, just uh, making sure that we're covering all the grounds here in that regard, but you shouldn't have to have a vote for him to resign. He should have the common sense to say, I have a conflict of interest. I don't know what happened in the meeting. All I know is they went into a meeting and then they came out and then this was what uh, information was on the website. And, well, I don't and know either. Go. And so, so I shouldn't yeah. comment. Yeah. I just, I just wish KCBS the best. Cause I, I love Carolyn Wells. I love the concept. Sure. I love the fact that they have single-handedly put barbecue on the map in this country, and it would be a damn shame if they couldn't progress into the new century, into the next decade, um, with innovation, creativity, improvement, um, and, and elevate the sport. In the meantime, you can check them out at AmazingRibs.com. And on the second Tuesday of every month, you see Meathead right here. Meathead, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Greg, always fun to talk to you and the Centralites. And thanks for having me on. And uh, Happy New Year, everybody. You got it. There he is, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. What's going All on with Meathead? All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. Meathead had a KCBS take? Yummy. Wow. Look at Meathead. I don't know if we've ever had a KCBS debate. Was that a debate? I don't know if Meathead's ever had a KCBS take on this show. 
I will talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. They manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, Online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast Eddie Morin is his name, the FEC 100. And PG-1000, always customer favorites. The PG-1000 can actually double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers, the number one smoker in the industry. I have a 008 in my garage as we speak. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. That's right. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit the website, cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. And that is the last read for them. Meathead. From AmazingRibs.com. Again, the website, AmazingRibs.com. And we are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, thanks to Meathead from AmazingRibs.com for coming on the past two segments talking about couch gating. I believe. Hmm. How do I check this? Uh, let me make sure I got the right number there. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Good enough. We got more into deep fry talking than I thought we were going to get. But again, I guess that's kind of where the beauty and the magic of this couch gating is. So you have traditional tailgating, which you're going to be doing in some type of a municipal lot, or you are a fan of a professional NFL team, professional, is that redundant, a National Football League team, or a college team, and you go to their parking lots and you take your portable grills or whatever it is. Look, I've seen the guys at Pitmaker show up at a Texans game. Those guys are doing all the racks of ribs and all the pork butts and all the whole chickens and all the whole briskets. It's quite a scene. If you've never checked them out, that's one thing. 
But for the majority of us, we're not doing that. So you couch gate. You stay home. You use your grills. You have access to more ingredients, and you can make cooler stuff. AmazingRibs.com, his website. If you've never been there, I highly recommend it. Also, if you are really into it and you want to nerd out, I would highly suggest you consider joining the Pitmasters Club Forum. It's less than 24 bucks for the year. Access to exclusive content and other stuff. Stick around. We'll be back for the second hour.